stream here. Here we go. And we're live. Sean from 16 Handles. We're excited you're here today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you this morning, Rob? Awesome. Already a technical glitch. We had the wrong StreamYard link, but we're live now. So I'm super excited. Thanks for your patience. Of course. It was a quick fix. I was impressed with that. <laughs> Usually <laughs> I linger with my technical issues a little longer. <laughs> thankfully, some, thankfully, some things on the internet work very well and are very easy. <laughs> thankfully. Uh, it's funny because like, like I, and I don't know how you old, I know how old I am, but like we didn't have the WWW when I was born, right? Like, you know, I didn't get a cell phone until I was, you know, halfway through my life. So, like, you know, I look at kids today who, uh, oh, there's a trouble on LinkedIn's live. We're not live on LinkedIn. Uh, we're having trouble. Hold on one second. One second. Okay. Bent on making your life hard this morning. Uh, it's been it's been it's it's been uh, one of those days. I think we're live now. All right, good. Yeah, like I, it's been one of those days. But anyway, what I was saying is like you know we're not the, the generation that was born with a cell phone. Like uh, they were introduced to our life at some point. And yeah. I watch like kids or people who are younger than me that have had the internet in their life for their whole life for the majority of their life. They just have a very different way of how they use technology and and how they adopt to things. And I'm like kind of impressed by it. And then I'm like, man, do I feel old now? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've just started to reach the point, especially in the last year, you know, with everything on TikTok and streaming, where I look at things and I'm like, I have to make a choice. Like, I need to learn this or I have to start <laughs> accepting a couple of those. I feel a little old moments. <laughs> so <laughs> it's scary when those start to pop up. Yeah, look, and as, as somebody who does marketing, probably most of which is digital, you probably, probably a lot of those moments where you're like, we got to figure this out, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all changing all the time. And you've got to reach people. You've got to reach the cool people when you work at a brand like 16 Handles. So we're always finding ways to do that. Awesome. So how long, how long have you been with the brand? So I actually started at a, a local store up in the Albany market, which is upstate New York, for those who might not know, and worked at the franchise there for five years. So I started in 2013. I've been at the support center, our corporate office in the city for, for three years now. So it's been just over eight total a long time. So this is a good topic, a good conversation, because I started at the local store and now I'm at the, the brand side. So it's definitely uh, in keeping with my journey with 16 Handles. Is that so, the, the classic American story of, of coming up the ranks? Yes, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Not right, so very many elements of my life are classic American story, but I guess we found one. <laughs> All right, so let's start with a fun question. If you walked into a 16 Handles right now, what would you order? What would you, what would you make, I guess? Okay, so since this is 10 a.m., I would probably get our classic tart, which is like a, a plain yogurt flavor, that tart flavor that people know and love. And I'd put fruit and granola on it. And that is the flavor that I most often pass off as breakfast or lunch. <laughs> you know? Then it's like, really, it's a health food at that point. So that would be my go-to. I'm in a weight loss challenge group and, and we kick off tomorrow and, and we did all of our introductions yesterday. Like, hey, welcome to the group, whatever. And one of the questions I ask everybody is like, if you had to eat something every day for 30 days, what would it be? You just proved that it could be Froyo, right? It could be. <laughs> what was your answer? Uh, I wouldn't typically say pizza because I feel like pizza has like meal versatility. Like I could eat that for breakfast or whatever. Uh, but I went with French fries because I feel like French fries also have versatility. I could put eggs on it. I could put pizza on it. I could have them plain. I could put Nashville hot chicken spices. I could dip them in ice cream. I love that. 
Yeah, I think French fries are a really solid answer. And now I'm craving them. And again, it's 10 a.m. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Sean from 16 Handles, super excited for you to join us today. This is a conversation we do, uh, we try to do weekly, which is how multi-unit brands successfully market at the local level. And I want to explain what that means for people who are joining us or might watch this later is essentially like, look, it's easy to put up a billboard, right? It's easy to buy an ad on Facebook. Like it's easy to post to Instagram. Like those are easy things because you can do it from your desk, right? What's really hard is when you have a store in Albany or anywhere that says, hey, we need help, right? How do you affect at the local level? And what I think a lot of people don't realize or don't think about is like, even though a chain business like 16 Handles, right, is a chain, right? The people that go to the location near their office or near their house, it's a local business to them, right? They, they don't, you know, for sure they understand it's a brand or whatever, but the point is, is like, that's their 16 handles, right? And so yep. if you want to market to them, you have to market to them at the level where they're at. And so that, that, that's what I mean by that. And I understand why people will not get that. So this is where I pass it to you, Sean, in, in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> what, what do you do at 16 Handles that helps market at the local level? What's one example? Yeah, I loved your introduction there before I even start. I think that's perfect. And especially with the dessert brand, ice cream, frozen yogurt, whatever we're serving, there is such a community aspect to that, almost more than a lot of other restaurants. You know, we all have an association from our hometowns, from our childhoods, or, you know, with our kids now. It's like, this is our local spot, right? We go after the concert, we go after a school event, whatever that is. So for us, you're right. It is a local business first and a brand second. And we find that a lot. And on the brand side, sometimes we forget it. It's easy to when you're behind a desk, like you said, and it feels very much like this brand with different store locations. Any of our customers feel like it is their 16 handles. So One of the ways that we're really lucky is that as a franchise system, almost all of our stores are locally owned and operated. So we've got people running stores that are also members of the community in which that store exists. And that's hugely helpful. So for us, one of the things that we do, just sort of a a high level, is empowering local operators, right, franchisees with our corporate resources and access. And that could be any number of things. I mean, it could be technical skill, right? In terms of launching Facebook ads, could be our designer skill. We've got a fantastic graphic designer and brand manager, Crystal, who is hugely helpful, not just with brand initiatives, but with store requests. Um, Or maybe some of our our resources like Yex, one of our technology platforms we use, which really puts some of the control for listings and review management in the hands of franchisees. And if those stores were just mom and pops, they wouldn't have access to those things. So what we do is we try and strategize and pick resources that will help local stores market to their communities. So it's sort of an empowerment there. And sometimes, like you said, there are stores that will come and say, we need help. And then we take a more active role whenever we can, and we can help facilitate. But we've found that generally, because our franchisees are fantastic and really engaged with their local towns or cities, neighborhoods, if we're talking about Manhattan, (laughs) uh, they can really take what we're able to provide and create something impactful with our help and partnership. So that's sort of a, a high level overview of, of 16 handles. And I think our, our structure, especially because of what I mentioned, you know, this idea of ice cream being such a community thing works so well. It's one of the reasons why I really like the franchise model for this particular business. 
That's awesome. All right. So I want to make sure I want to unpack a little of this. Please. So how many total locations are there? We've got 31. Okay. And I know primarily Manhattan, but where where outside of the city are you guys? Yeah. So largely in the tri-state area, there are quite a few in Manhattan. We've got a store in Brooklyn and then some in New Jersey and Connecticut. We've got three stores in that Albany market that I mentioned in my my intro where I where I come from. Um, and then we also have a store in Florida, in Boca Raton. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like if you put a Facebook ad up it around Manhattan, like there's a whole bunch of stores that get no effect from that, right? Okay. Exactly. So just again, for framing purposes. All right. So what you're saying is you guys are empowering the franchisee, the franchise owner or operator to do some of their marketing, correct? For sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess that some of them do it and some of them don't do as much. Yes. That's a great guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and, and I want to make sure I want to pack, I've got to think. So you, you use Yex as an example and I love Yex. I was, I've worked there for two years. Uh, so are you vetting vendors and then saying, Hey, franchisees, here's something we suggest, or is it, Hey, franchisees, here's something we're paying for you. Or like, how does that work? Yeah, in the case of Yext, it's the latter. So it's us saying, this is a fantastic resource that will help make your life easier. Because the thing about franchisees is they're also worried about running a business day to day. You know, marketing is, and you know this, you talk about it a lot. Marketing can sometimes take a back seat when you're worried about inventory, when you're worried about food quality or payroll costs. So anything that we can do to make it easier or with a limited team, we're a small, a small office, offload some of that marketing responsibility back to us is really helpful. So Yext is a good example of a tool that takes something that would have been really difficult and simplifies it. So there's oversight and some control that we can exercise, but also so that franchisees can log into one place. I mean, it, it, that alone, that's such a, a short sentence, but a big statement. Fewer logins is like the best thing you can possibly do for people who are busy running businesses. So we've tried to minimize that. Um, so Yext is a, a really good example. We love Yext too. And, and it's definitely been something that's helped a lot with web presence at all of the stores. And that is a form of marketing. For sure. And, and for those of you who are watching this now or listening to it later, uh, what Yext does is it takes all the information about a business, name, address, hours of operation, what's on the menu, photos, um, what credit cards do you take? Do you have a drive through Whatever, all those things. And it organizes that information everywhere on the internet. So Yahoo, Bing, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Facebook, Google, Foursquare. And it makes it gives you a central location to update all your information. It's pretty accurate, right? That was perfect. As if I worked there for two years. I know. Pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So when you when you're vetting technology that you think is gonna help your franchisees with marketing, um, are you then teaching them how to use it or do they expect to learn it? Like how does that situation work? Yeah, it's always important that we teach as much as possible. Um, the gap between access and use is pretty significant. So we look for tools that are easy enough to use and then really try to facilitate their use whenever possible. And that does involve helping folks learn, simplifying where we can. You know, if, if you have something really fancy and fantastic that is beyond the time commitment or understanding of franchisees that they can give, it's useless. It can be as fancy as you want it to be. So yeah, simplify and certainly teach exactly how to use. Um, there are other things that are examples of resources or 
marketing tools we use that that don't make sense to teach franchisees. And I think Facebook ads is a really good example of that. You know, for us, that's they're super thing. hard. They're super hard that we can take on based on a request. Maybe it's a form submission, or in my case, it might just be a conversation. And our graphic designer can create something compelling for the visual, and we can run that for them. And it can either be in partnership with us, a cost share, or maybe it's something that the franchisee pays for, but with our technical skill and with our graphic design resources, we can run for them. And I think you sort of alluded to this, there's almost nothing easier in terms of local impact that you can do for a store in New Jersey sitting behind a desk in Brooklyn. So those ads are, are really a, a key part of sort of the marketing partnership that we have between corporate and store. That's awesome. Uh, are, you, are you doing a lot with, with uh, social advertising? We have been, yeah. We're also running some partnerships this summer that will definitely increase Facebook ads for us. But um, sometimes it's something very local. You know, we have a store right now in Rutgers on the Rutgers campus. Um, it's reopening. So we'll run a, a big campaign with them. It's a request that came in from the store that we sort of fulfill um, to let the community know that they're back after COVID. Tough location, university during a, a pandemic that closed schools. So it's important that we do something to assist there and that they can lean on us. Sometimes it's more brand wide. We work with Lunchbox. I know you know Lunchbox well, which gives us, yeah, there we go, a <laughs> whole slew of data points we can use for more targeted advertising. And then on my side, that might be a corporate run ad, but it's very much geo-targeted. And we'll look at stores and which radius around each address makes sense to reach the folks who are coming. That's very different in downtown Manhattan than Clifton Park, New York. Sure. So there's both kinds. So an example might be you have like a new flavor that's rolling out, like corporate's going to do the ad, we'll target it where stores are, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that helps fill the gaps for those stores that you mentioned earlier that may be less active in terms of initiating that local marketing independently. Awesome, man. All right. So you're managing your listings, you're using a tech provider for that. You're doing advertising, whether it's at the brand level or the local level, you got some tech providers for that. What's another example of something you're doing to help at look market at the local level? Yeah, I think we can maybe go a little bit further. Something else you mentioned, which is the stores that say, hey, we need help. And I think we all know whether you're a single unit shop or a multi-unit brand that there's been a lot of that in the last year. It's been hell for everyone. So, you know, we have some markets that have seen a real uptick in sales and a great comeback and others that for whatever reason, maybe haven't seen as much. So what we can do then is really try and do a bit more handholding where possible. Like I said, resources are limited on our side too, but there are ways that, especially with a market, I think Albany is a good example where we have a few locations, we can sort of pool resources with engaged franchisees and say, this makes sense to do for all three of you. So our three Albany stores are independently owned, but they can come together. And we're doing that in a couple instances now. We've got a free soft serve day up there coming up this Saturday, which is something that we helped facilitate based on exactly what you said, which is a franchisee coming to us and say, saying rather, we need, we need some help up here. Uh, um, so, you're, so you're running an event that's only happening in one market, but at multiple stores? Exactly. Oh, that's, cool. that's cool. Yeah. And it helps because for us, it's difficult to say this one store can command, let's say three days worth of corporate resources, time and creative energy. Um, but if we get three stores together, it's much easier to do that. 
So that's a good example of something that is sort of market specific too. And that's a market where our competition isn't so much the trendy pop up on the corner like it is in Manhattan. <laughs> it's the local ice cream stand, right? It's Joe's Treats that opens from June to September every year. So if we can do something to really engage with that crowd and compete with the folks who are doing a free ice cream promotion at the beginning of the season or folks who are really thinking soft serve for summer, that's something that's powerful that we can do to help a local market. And that's probably the example of us coming in and doing the most facilitating and handholding, setting up an event, getting stores together, and then delivering all the, the assets, whether it's on the POS system or marketing in terms of graphic design, Facebook ad, email blasts. Um, that sounds so like, it. it sounds like it'd be really hard if you had a hundred stores or a thousand stores, but... It would be, yeah. Talk to me at 100 and I'll probably have different answers. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, what about like uh, marketing communication? Like how do, you, how do you think about marketing communication from the brand that again affects at the local level? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, we always, I think, lead by ensuring that every marketing comms tool we use can segment by store in some way. Um, that's really important for us. And I think it all goes back to the customer, ultimately, like you said, considering there are 16 handles, a local business. And there are some messages that might not resonate. So whether it's MailChimp, RESP, whether it's Attentive for SMS marketing, it's important that I've set things up in such a way that I can segment and send to guests specifically based on the store they visit. That's what empowers us essentially to be able to do those local promotions. And on Facebook, it's built in, right? That segmentation can exist just because of the store address. With some of the other tools, I think it's important to really define what those segments look like. We also work with Bicky. I think you're familiar with Bicky. Um, I have a webinar with them this afternoon. There you go. I'm just looking for those thumbs up, fist pump, whatever I get. <laughs> um, and, and they really help with that too. So essentially, how can we aggregate all the places where people are ordering. How can we take all the data we get? And with Lunchbox and third parties, it's a lot, Toast, and say, this customer belongs to this store, right? So defining those things and then making sure that they're accurate is really important. And that sort of leads our, our marketing communications from corporate to guest in a way that feels like it considers their location. And it's one of the most personal things. You know, I've received customer feedback before this as well. This doesn't apply to me. I don't want to send that email about the Albany market free soft serve day to someone who's sitting in their studio apartment on the Upper West Side. They want the free ice cream, but they're not going to drive three hours for it. <laughs> I don't know. Ice cream's pretty good. <laughs> well, hey, anyone on this live can drive three hours up to Albany come, uh, come Saturday. And we'll hook you up with five ounces free. Okay. So we're talking about um, personalized email communication, and we're not just talking about a merge tag for their first name. We're talking yeah. about sending emails that are relevant to the person based on their purchase history. So this is about guest retention, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And you have to define it too. You know, this isn't, this is, it's easy to say, okay, this is their store location, but we've had people in the past year who moved out of the city. Now they're ordering from a different store. So how, how can we do the correct thing for them, right? If they've ordered from the new Rochelle store three times in the past year, but before that they have 30 visits at one of our Upper East Side locations. You know, so do we define that as 
the most recently visited location or their most frequently visited location? When does that change? And often, you know, you have to make a best guess and that doesn't work for every single person. But when you have hundreds of thousands of customers you're reaching out to, you need to make sure that there's something that does the best job possible. And if 90% is where you land, then that's sometimes good enough. So for us, it's favorite location. Better than 75%. So that's right. <laughs> I mean, I just made it up. So I could say 95 and that would be better than 90. But <laughs> most stats have a certain degree of being made up. So that's okay. All right. <laughs> so in every answer you've given today and everything you've talked about, there was a tech piece of it that you're using. It's, everything is tech enabled, right? You have a true. solution that helps you with that. Um, I know this because I know you guys, but I know you're a very tech forward company. Yeah. When you're evaluating marketing tech, not just operations, but marketing tech, how do you look at it and what kind of questions do you ask or what do you, what's important to you when you're evaluating tech for marketing? Yeah, for me, the most important thing is that it is usable and not just in the sense that you can log in and find things easily, but there is so much good marketing tech out there right now. As I said earlier, we're a small team, right? And we have lots of franchise operators. It's not a corporate business where we can implement something with the snap of our fingers. So if we're going to use something, it has to have a really clear benefit. And it also has to be something that the onboarding, either for me, for my team, for our stores, is easy enough and also visible enough from the jump that we can see that that benefit is reachable in the near future, right? And I think that's really key. You know, we've all made mistakes in the past. We've signed up for something and then it doesn't quite work the way we intended it to, or maybe it's not as actionable as we wanted it to be. So with a tool like Yex, we look at it, find all the ways it can be implemented and then make sure that we're set up for success, right? And that involves the involvement of their team, our team. And if we can see that the benefit is reachable, and that the process of getting from sign up to use is actually gonna happen, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, like I said, something fancy that sits in, I don't know, a folder on your desktop, <laughs> not worth anything, no matter how good the tool is. Um, so we're lucky, you know, Solomon, my CEO is really good at finding the technology that, that works, right? That's trendy and that's part of the reason we're ahead. Um, in some ways. And then what we can do as a team is evaluate it and say, this is great. And we can implement it and see benefit and our stores will too. Or this is fantastic, but maybe we're a year out from that. Or this is great, but it might be for Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, not 16 handles. <laughs> and there's a lot of versions of that. So usability, actionability, that's the most important metric with any technology. Do you find that uh, uh, we're back, we're looping now, but do you find that adoption at the franchisee level is, is difficult? Is it easy? Like, how would you, how would you assess that? It definitely depends on the tool. I think that, and it depends on the operator, frankly. Um, if the tool is something that clearly makes life easier for the stores or allows them to go back to our topic to market better, then the adoption is easier, I won't say easy. And sometimes what's necessary is just creating a tool that's sort of impossible to ignore, right? Like if we're using Yext to power our location pages and listings, you can't not use it. And 
The same is true for Lunchbox, right? If Lunchbox is powering our loyalty program in store and you have guests coming in saying, I want to use the loyalty app, our franchisees will adopt it. And that's sort of a cynical take. Most franchisees will get ahead of it and say right away that you know, we see the benefit. And I think they can appreciate the, the idea that this is stuff, technology, exciting products that they wouldn't have access to, again, at the, the mom and pop level, um, that they do. And it's interesting that a lot of that has become technology. You know, it used to be that branding and ff &E, those types of things, those were the corporate assets. And now it, it is all, for the most part, tech. It's Lunchbox and Yext and Facebook ads. So we, yeah. uh, we try and get that to be implemented wherever possible. Yeah, I think there's this, maybe not a misconception, but this view of franchisors as being like really old school people who are like, I don't know, I got a, I got an Arby's, just drive up and get a sandwich. Like, you know, like they, they just look at it as like, I bought, yeah. I bought business in a box. It should operate. Like I don't have to do all these things. Right. And the truth is like for newer or younger brands and not that 16 handles is, is newish, but like it's a newer brand. It's not been around a hundred years like Nathan's or AW, which are great brands, yeah. but like, I'm going to guess the people that are investing in franchising, newer brands are probably newer minded and probably willing to do these things. But either way, if you're getting into the franchising business, if you are buying a franchise, you have to think I got to have to, I have to do marketing and I need tech, right? Like I'm not just going to know where your location is because I saw an ad in the Super Bowl, you know? Exactly. And that's really a compelling reason I think to open a business as part of a franchise, you know, in 2021, that's the big thing. It's, access to things that just aren't as, you know, for better or worse, accessible to, I don't know, Sean's Froyo shop on the corner, right? If I open that up, I'm probably not going to be able to have the same conversations with all these tools that we've talked about in the past 30 minutes. So for us, that's sort of a part of the franchise sell, but also something that we're really proud of and being able to offer that to our operators who've been with us in a lot of cases for almost a decade, innovate, bring them new things that helps their business run better. That's something that, that definitely keeps us going, you know, and that's really the idea behind marketing at this point. Awesome, man. Well, this has been incredible. So let's, let's see if I can wrap this up. Good tech that's easy to use, right? That's good. Uh, personalized, personalized marketing to your client base, right? Yep. And being able to adapt to the needs when you get the phone call. I love it. That was a perfect summary. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sean, I like to keep these under half an hour. So I, I'm super grateful. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing this. Uh, Sean Gunner from 16 Handles. I love how you guys look at it as like marketing is not a one size fits all, right? Like there are some things that we can do at the brand level. There are some things that we can do at the regional level. And sometimes like, we just got to get dirty. You know what I mean? That's the way we have to do it. Rev, I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. We'll make it a great tasty day. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Bye. Uh, bye. -bye.